Hello, welcome to Supernatural Stories, the show where you'll hear real stories of the supernatural from real people all across Canada. I'm your host and producer of the show, Cal Goodbaum, broadcasting from Rocking Chair Studio in Toronto. Hope you enjoy the show wherever you are. Thanks for listening, leaving a review, and sharing the show with your friends. And don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes. Have you ever had a dream that the next day came true? Or perhaps not a dream, but just a feeling something would happen. An intuition, an instinct, a premonition. When you have the strongest feeling that you know what will happen, but you can't explain why or how. I've had these sorts of dreams and premonitions several times in my life. Moreover, I've had a few times that my grandmother had one of these premonition dreams about me and gone touched to share them. My mother as well has these dreams from time to time. Premonitions fall into the broad category of psychic phenomena. Why is it that some people are able to know more than they should be able to know? I actually have more than just premonitions. Personally, I've experienced numerous psychic phenomena. One such thing I wrote about recently over on the podcast's Facebook page was a psychic pain I had experienced. My wrist had suddenly started hurting quite badly out of nowhere and in a way I'd never felt before. I talked to my girlfriend quite frequently on text message and I messaged her to tell her that my wrist was hurting because she'll often tell me what to do whether it's put eucalyptus oil or castor oil or whatever. She messaged back, was it the left wrist? And I said yes and she revealed that just seconds before At the same time I felt the pain, she had tripped and fallen on her left wrist. I thought it was a pretty amazing coincidence or phenomena. So, when I was talking to my parents on the phone later that night, I told them the story. With the topic of psychic phenomena at hand, and with the tape rolling, my mum was reminded to share a recent story of her own. Did you hear the story? I told you that about me calling David Uncle David. Did you hear that? No. Oh, so the other night, I woke up and I said to Dad, I had a dream about David, his brother. Now, remember, we haven't had any contact with David in a very long time. Yeah, like a couple of years? Dad had called him when he found out he had cancer and just called him to let him know. Mm-hmm. And he basically hasn't called us in back, right? So there's a very little um, interest on his part. But for some reason, I thought about it for a day, and then I called David yesterday... And he's in Mount Tremblant with Zach and his wife, Candace, and her kids, and they're skiing. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I just had to call you. I just had this feeling about something. He went, well, and then let Dad explain the second part, okay? Well, he had a colonoscopy, a routine colonoscopy, because he's old enough. And they found a bowel cancer. They found a small cancer. He's having surgery in a few weeks. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So I said to him, I just have to call you because I just want to make sure everything's okay because I just had this feeling. And he went, well, you know, now he's going to live and that's why they do colonoscopy because they find things pretty early. And dad says it's not like a bad cancer or anything like, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's showing up at a little, but I had that feeling. Right. So unfortunately you come by it, uh, you come by it from me, I suppose. I hope it's not a rule that every good bomb has to have bowel surgery. That would, that would be unfortunate. If it was, I would change my name to Ander. <laughs> I don't think so. Have you ever had your own premonition dream? Send me a message through the podcast Facebook page, which you can get to at the shortcut 
www.supernaturalstories.ca. That's Supernatural Stories, all one word. Next are several stories from Lauren, who I spoke to in 2018, starting with one about a strange, vivid dream she had. They had this, like, mudroom off the side of their house. Three guys renting a house. And they had some people over that they'd met the weekend before. It was a girl's 18th birthday party, and they met her at the bar. This is when I was 27. (laughs) I guess they'd added a bunch of furniture and lights to this mudroom before it was empty. It didn't have anything in it because it was winter and this was spring. And they put up a bunch of Christmas lights and a couch and an armchair and folding chair and a table with a TV on it and stuff. And I could see all of it. And I could see him sitting on the couch beside this girl, flirting. And he touched her leg and then he went to go get her a drink and he walked right through me. I was like, what are you doing? I was like yelling at him in my dream. And then the next morning I called because I felt like it was really bugging me. My friend, who was how I met him, lived with him. He was a roommate. He had answered the phone when I called because they only had a line. I even was like, oh, it's just, it's just my insecurities. I just had a bad dream. And he was like, okay, but he knew about it. Like, he knew. He actually got, made him tell, made his friend tell me that what had happened. But they were all supposed to go to the bar. And my friend Corey had left early with some of the people. And a couple of the people stayed back. And one of the roommates passed out. And the girl that was hanging out with him got bored and went to the bar. And then when my boyfriend didn't show up, they didn't live far from the bar. My friend Corey went back and was, like, banging on the door and giving him a really hard time about it. Like, as if if you don't tell her, I'm gonna. And he was extra nice. And then the next day he called and told me he cheated on me. And I could tell him those details about the mudroom that I had no way of knowing. There were things that, like, they had changed in their place um, because the weather had changed that I hadn't seen yet. And I dreamt it, and I could describe it to him on the phone, and I hadn't seen any of it yet. And this is before people took pictures of everything. I just remember standing there in the porch, yelling at him as he went to go get her another drink, walked right through me into the kitchen, and that's kind of where the dream stopped. <laughs> like, I just thought I just thought it was a bad dream. He was a little freaked out. <laughs> I can't say I've ever had a dream premonition with as much detail as Lauren recounted, but I have had an experience with an ex. I didn't dream of her cheating on me, but I had a feeling, call it a hunch, that she was going to dump me, and then a sort of -of out-of-the-blue dumping occurred. In fact, she opened the door, and before even stepping in, she told me we needed to split up. Something I've also experienced a lot of is deja vu. In fact, I had a deja vu moment earlier today. It's even stranger when the moment you are remembering came to you first in a dream, or when you remember that dream after something in your day catches your attention, like in this next story, again from Lauren. I had like a deja vu when I was in high school at school where I was like, oh, this is total deja vu, except I looked at the clock, I said, except in my dream, the bell went off. It was like in between bells, and then the phone in the classroom rang because it was a fashion lab, so we had like a phone in there. And I'm like, my two teachers and I all kind of went bug-eyed for a sec. Like, that was weird. So I've had them, like, here and there. Like, I have 
just heads up in my brain where I'm like, I know something's going to happen in a situation and then it does immediately. Or I'll be watching TV and I'll know what the, they're going to say next, but it's like an obscure thing. So, like I, I was, I work at the U of W and they were having a student night where it's a fundraiser and they blow off a bunch of steam. So it's kind of a party in the theater building. And I was going to take the stairs up and I was wearing a new outfit. And one of the students there who likes me a lot was very flamboyant. And I knew that he was going to be standing at the top of the elevator. And when the door opened, he was going to go, yes, and like do a whole snap thing about my outfit. Like, and I had no idea if Tanner was there or not yet. Like, I didn't even know. My brain was saying, no, take the elevator up, make an entrance. And I'm not like really that type of person. So it was kind of funny, but it happened exactly in my head. How it happened in real life and I was like that is weird like that is very <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely a creature of habit I have my favorite paths to take but yeah it's usually beneficial to listen to that voice in my head saying no no go keep going and take the next block down or whatever like just learn to try and listen to it as much as possible <laughs> this dream was just uh, I was just standing outside my work it was an office building downtown Winnipeg and there was a tornado coming down the street towards us and I ran inside and was I don't know why I was watching through the glass doors but I was and it landed right on the corner where the intersection was and then that next day when I was going to work I was talking to somebody about it outside of work and we looked over and there was two news boxes like it caught my eye while I was talking to them and there was giant pictures of tornadoes on the newspaper fronts there had been a big tornado in rural Manitoba that night. So it was just really weird to me that I had dreamt about that exact, like about a tornado at that exact spot, but it was in the newspaper box where that was. So it's almost like your mind had some kind of information to go on, but it scrambled it up or it kind of made it abstract. So instead of there being this story about a tornado, you saw it as like the symbol of the tornado itself. And then sometimes you have dreams that somebody's sick or hurt or dying, and then I get worried. Because then you're like, is this just a dream, or am I having a premonition? That was Lauren. She reached me over the phone from Winnipeg. Vanessa got in touch with me from Saskatchewan to share this next story about her nephew's very direct dream premonition of a natural disaster. Last year, we had that big fire here in Saskatchewan, in Waterhen Lake. My nephew, Kobe, he had just woken up and he's autistic, so he can't really communicate that well, right? What happened was he woke up after 10 that morning and he came up to their room and he started freaking out and he started telling his mom that there was a big fire. He was like, mommy, mommy, big fire, big fire. And she was like, where are my baby? And then... He went into the living room, he pointed across, he pointed out the window and he was pointing across the lake, right? And not even a few hours later, a big smoke started forming. And I guess he predicted that would happen. That fire just about came into Waterhen Lake too. It was getting pretty close. There was firefighters from different areas too that came in to help put that fire out. They were working all hours of the night, all day. Have you ever gotten a chance to talk about it with your nephew after this all happened? He can't really hold conversations that well. He's 10 years old, so he can't really talk that much. And his attention span is not very good either. 
the only time he pays attention is when something scary is about to happen, like that big fire across the lake that just about came into Waterhead Lake. It cut off the roads. It cut off both roads, leaving out of Waterhead Lake. Does anyone know how the fire started? The fire started by one of the telephone lines going down, and it was really hot that summer, too. And it was windy. Wind must have knocked out that phone line. It's a good thing no one got hurt. Yeah. It spread really fast, too. He even predicted that one in Calgary that happened, too. Oh, really? He predicted another yeah. one? Yeah. He, that was, there was three fires that he predicted. One here in Waterham Lake, the other one in Calgary, and the other one in Flodden, I do believe. I'm 15 minutes away from Waterham Lake. So did you hear about it after the fires happened, or, or was it the same situation where, where you heard about it and then it happened? It was the same situation where I heard about it and it happened, yeah. The thing is... His mom should have said something right away instead of just kind of brushing it off as a bad nightmare. Does she now believe in in this ability being real? Um, no. I don't think she believes that her son might be somewhat psychic in a sense. I believe that everyone is somewhat psychic, but that three times, that's quite incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. Are you a skeptic or someone who thinks they have an explanation for any of these stories? Can you tell me why people have dreams that included predictions that came true? Get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. As always, if you're enjoying the show, leave a review. Give it a star rating on iTunes or Google or wherever else you listen. It helps to get more people to hear the show, and then they might have a story to share too. For many people, they don't want to wait to receive a premonition. They'd rather ask the cards or ask someone else to ask the cards for them. This is especially so where there's the possibility of finding love. I spoke to Ali over the phone from Etobicoke about her experience using tarot to make a prediction. Tarot cards, I feel like they're calling out to me at the most random times in life. It's not that anything specific would happen. Like this door at the back of my mind is opening. So whenever I get these feelings, I just learn instantly from my tarot cards. It's so easy to read them. Sometimes I'll be asked by friends. I'll be like, hey, fine, I'll read them. But it's not as easy, not really. It doesn't flow as smoothly. I can only just focus all of my energy into doing a good reading. One particular thing happened with my friend. She asked me, can you? And I had just gotten this new deck. It was gifted to me by another friend, and she told me, this one reminds me so much of you. I thought this was the perfect opportunity to use this deck to really kind of see how it waits on the way that I read. She had, at the time, a three-year-old son. She was just starting to get back into the swing of things with dating. She's asking me if she'll get a chance to meet somebody. I knew how much it meant to her to get a positive answer because as a single mother and someone who has really, really, really put so much of herself into raising her son as properly as she can. So it made me really focus on the entire reading as much as I can to really get the best outcome. But no matter how many times I read the cards, it was always some sort of a negative outcome, not really like something bad is going to happen, just that there's a constant no, 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 no. 
The card that kept being pulled up was the Ten of Swords and the Fool's card, which technically indicates that the person is still growing. There's still obstacles that she needs to push through. The cards kept saying, like, no, it's personal growth, personal growth. So tell her, you know, right now is time for you to focus on yourself. But every single time I said that to her, she would tell me, okay, read it again. See if anything comes up, read it again. And I will continue reading it again. And always that card, the Fool's card, will come up. Every other reading, it will be tons of swords. That was in 2014. I was telling her, look, from front to front, I cannot tell you that you'll be able to meet anybody that you'll be able to connect with, but I would still encourage you to go out and date, see what's out there in the market and such. But she kept being insistent, so she kept coming back to me like every four months, so on and so forth, asking like, what about now? What about now? And then I remember in 2016, she came to me and said, okay, I'm dating somebody now. Can you tell me about what's going to happen? Always that card, the Fool's card, kept coming up. She's moving two steps forward, but she's always one step back kind of thing. So I told her finally, he's not the one for you. He's not focused on you. He's actually focused on somebody else. No matter which way you turn it, I cannot make this a positive reading for you. I can just give you a neutral one based on the fact that he is not in the right space to love you. So she got mad at me for a couple of weeks. She didn't want to respond back to any of my messages. Two months later, she gets back to me. She says, I'm really sorry that I was absent. Um, things got really heated up. And you were right. This guy that she was with, he was seeing somebody else on the side. Basically engaged to her. There was an entire mess there that my friend got caught up in. And I told her, back out of it. We'll do another reading to see if there's something else waiting for you. Still, the cards kept saying, no, no chance that anything's going to happen. 2017 already. She goes back out into the dating scene, meets a couple guys, and she's coming back to me and she's saying, I will pick whoever I want to pick. I will make this work. Started dating this guy for up to almost a year. Going okay for her until he stopped responding to her messages. And then after a while, he told her, like, he can now commit to being a good father to her seven-year-old. She comes back to me. She says, so the first time your cards predicted that there was somebody else on the side, what can your cards predict now? Cards predicted an Aries, a father figure, actually. She was like, oh, this guy's an Aries. That could be, like, are you saying that he's going to be a good... And I told her, no, actually, there's the Aries sign hanging over you. You haven't met this person yet because the card itself was indicating a travel. Somebody who came from a place not in any way nearby. I'm telling her, like, look, make some space for yourself. See what you can do with this person that you're with and don't put more effort into it. So they took a break. About two weeks after the reading, she ended up knocking into somebody at a local Starbucks. He was coming in from Manitoba. He was visiting his friends and he invited her over for a party and of course she declined. He gave her his phone number and they kind of clicked and she asked him afterwards, what is your birthday? He did actually confirm that he is an Aries. 
it's been about eight months since then, and they're still talking, and he's planning on coming back. I'm sorry to say, but it was not to be. The cards doth deceived, and upon following up, I learned that love was not found in that case. Whenever you make predictions or have premonitions, you do so knowing that nothing is a sure thing. Skeptics will tell me that people simply discount these stories where the predictions were not accurate in favor of telling the times that they were right, forming a cognitive bias. I thought I'd include the story to show that whenever you seriously learn about premonition, of course, you can't discount that this is a phenomenon which is both uncommon and elusive. It's not a 10 out of 10 or 9 times out of 10 or 8 times out of 10 thing. But for those who have had intense premonition experiences or who have them on a very frequent basis with high levels of accuracy, this explanation falls short. Being able to predict something 6 times out of 10 is still above what is possible with chance. I maintain a healthy level of skepticism in all of my conversations, but that doesn't mean I can't believe in what some think is the impossible. I know from my conversations and my personal experiences that what is possible is undefined. Last year, I spoke to Dietri about her experience with living as a modern-day witch, and she was equally realistic about herself. Sometimes, we might miss out on hearing interesting stories from fascinating people if we act as though we know it all. Here are some final stories about dream premonitions from Dietri. My dreams are usually very vivid. When I wake up, I don't forget them. They stay with me like memories. So you know how when you uh, look back on something that happened to you and you kind of feel like you're there going through it again a little bit? That's how my dreams are to me. I can go back to dreams from when I was six, from when I was 15. There have been a few times in my life I would have a dream and the very next day, that dream would happen. The first time I remember this happening, I was about six years old. I dreamt that uh, I was in elementary school and there was a fire drill. And we went out and we lined up in our little row. And there was this tree that had this big, scary face on it. And its branches reached down and plucked me up off the ground. And I was terrified. So, of course, that didn't happen in real life. But the next day, there was a fire drill. And I remember that that really stuck with me. Part of a dream actually happened the very next day. Through school, that would happen again. Pretty much inconsequential things. Like, uh, I would have a dream that a teacher would share part of my project with the class the next day. And then they would or that they would read a part of a paper that I wrote, and they would the very next day. It was kind of out of the blue. One that I guess has had the most impact on me happened when I was in college. I was in a relationship with someone. It was only my second relationship ever, ever in my life. I was head over heels over this dude. 
I had a dream one night that he took me into a specific practice room because we were both music majors. There are little rooms set aside with pianos so that we could practice. And he took me into a very specific one in a corner of the music building. He sat me down on the bench and he sat right next to me. He told me basically that he was breaking up with me and he thought of me like a sister, yada, yada, yada. And then after I had that dream, I had it again. I had the exact same dream twice in a row in one night. The very next day, he took me into that same exact practice room, sat next to me on the bench and said word for word what I had dreamt. When I heard it physically coming from his mouth, I remember it was so surreal for me because I had already heard those words twice in a dream. And to me, dreams are like memories. I was living a memory <laughs> of something that hadn't happened yet. It was, it was very confusing, very disorienting. So that's, that's the dream premonition that really sticks with me the most is because it was so emphatic about this is going to happen and I'm not going to show you once, I'm going to show you twice. You really need to know that this is going to happen. Be ready. If like myself or Dietrich, you've had an experience like knowing you were going to be dumped, just rest assured, you're not alone. That's all for this episode. Thanks to everyone who sent in their stories. And thanks again to those who helped support me making this one-man show through their ongoing Patreon donations. Damien Boyer, Speak Parlahabla, John Mijakovsky, Linda Ander, and Kit Kat of Death. If like them, you want to help me reach more people to share their stories, send a dollar or more to the show at www.patreon.com supernaturalstories. That's one word. And again, please leave a review. I can't stress how much it helps if you review the show or share it online where more people have a chance to discover it. I'll be back in the next episode with more surprising supernatural stories. Can you guess what the theme will be about? Music featured in the show was by Proto Idiot with Angry Vision, Gila with Beats Tornado, 23 and Beyond the Infinite with Call One, Jay Martinez with Celtic in Brazil, and Adapt with Mercury Cry. The rest were original tracks. Thank you for listening to Supernatural Stories, and thanks for telling your friends about the show and supporting a place for the supernatural in Canada. Please leave a review on iTunes or Google or Facebook if you like the show. I appreciate it, and it helps people hear about it. Get in touch with your true story at www.supernaturalstories.ca. Till next time.